Yo, 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 we are back with another episode of Hood Talk Podcast. Champions, my friend. Oh, <clears throat> and on today's episode, we got Aunt V. Hey, what's up? We got Lady D. Lady D in the house. We got me sleep, and we got Amanda Morrison. Yeah, yeah, and we welcome, 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 welcome. Thank you. Yeah, and and on today's episode, ladies, we are going to be talking about sex. sex. Ooh, let's my talk about subject. sex, baby. <laughs> hey, not my favorite subject. <laughs> I think that's my theme song. You think you said you think that's your theme song? I think it is. I know that. <laughs> no, that's right. So, where are you from? I'm originally from Cincinnati. Um, lived in Georgia for a little bit. Now I'm in Dayton. Okay. Okay. Mm. What made you come to Dayton? I honestly don't know. It was just, <laughs> I really don't. I was just looking for houses um, after I had my kids and wanted them at home that they can grow up in. It wasn't rentals and fell in love with this adorable little house and this little community outside of Dayton and just went for it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. See, did you, did you say you had family down here? I, well, I moved my parents with me, but um, my family is all over the place. I have some in Georgia, some still in Cincinnati. And then my parents live with me up in Dayton. So, oh, yeah, that's dope. Now, do you? Now, you said you have a novelty shop, right? I do. I own an adult novelty shop. Now, do you have one in all of like Atlanta, Cincinnati, and Dayton, or you just uh, where's your novelty shop uh, located? Well, right now it's online. Okay. Um, I am looking to open my first storefront beginning of next year in the Dayton area. Okay, um, it's mm. just about finding. Um, Areas that are acceptable to the mm-hmm. adult novelty industry. Um, mm-hmm. And then my next goal is going to be in Georgia, um, towards the Savannah area, where my 23-year-old niece would be running that shop. Oh, oh, what's the name of it? It's called Midnight Pleasure. Midnight Pleasure? Mm-hmm. Midnight Pleasure. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That already sounds good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that happens after midnight is always good. Right. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So when did you like get into like, um, like with, with the human anatomy, like, were you always fascinated? Hopefully as I a teenager be- with sex. <laughs> Cause I, I don't want to say as a child, was you fascinated? Like, you know, like of age. I wasn't really fascinated so to speak with the human anatomy or sexual anatomy. Um, when I was 16, I was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian disease and told that I would never have children. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also developed very early, so I became more fascinated with self anatomy more than the most people my age because I was developing early, so I was being explained different things early on, and mm-hmm. um, and it it was just all fascinating. And then when you are told you have something like polycystic ovarian disease, where um, it can cause infertility issues. It can cause low libido and all this information thrown at you when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. It's mind blowing. And you kind of, yeah. you dive into something, you know, when you're a kid, you get onto something and you just, you stay on that. I mean, yeah. anybody that has kids know, like you say something to a four year old, they will stay on that subject until they get what they want. Yes. Um, and I guess I was kind of that way when I was 16, like I'm being thrown all this information about, 
you know, I, I would never have kids. I would never have this correct libido because of all these issues. Polycystic ovarian disease was very new when I was diagnosed. So there was not a lot of research around it. Mm-hmm. So it became one of those things that in self-awareness of self, you know, my body and my self-anatomy was something I delved into very deeply mm-hmm. um, to learn the why, the how, the what if, you know, what could be, that kind of thing. So it was never really about, you know, the human anatomy, but more of self-discovery. Okay. But you, but you so, still ended up having kids. I did. Um, I went to yeah. infertility treatment. Um, I lost six prior to my daughter. Um, and then I have my daughter now that's four and my son that is two. Oh, well, congratulations yeah. to that. Congratulations. Thank you. They are definitely my miracles. Um, yeah. Definitely took a long time to have them. Everybody looked at me. They're like, you're almost 40 and you have two young kids. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you got them though. Everybody, I'm their grandma graduation, <laughs> so they're not embarrassed. You know, <laughs> call me grandma, it'll be alright. No, not just call me grandma. Now, see, I had an older father too, and people used to ask me like, "Is that your papa?" I'm like, "No, man, it's my dad. <laughs> yeah, it's my daddy." <laughs> well, well, it's worse. You know, um, my sister, when she had her first daughter, my dad looked so young. They always thought my dad and my sister were together, and we're like, "Ew, ew, <laughs> yeah." <laughs> <laughs> so I get it. We yeah, I just tell my kids, I say you can call me grandma. I'd be right. And all the other kids call me Nana and everything else. Just pick one of those. I won't I won't even judge you at that point. Right. <laughs> I can I can definitely dig that. Yeah. All right, Amanda. Um what advice do you have for a woman over forty who has never had a natural orgasm during penetration? Uh do you have any advice or what you know, is that something that's very common? I do. So honestly, though, it's not just, it doesn't happen to just women over 40. Um, that can happen to anybody that's sexually active at any age. Um, a lot of it is due to your body's chemistry and chemical mm-hmm. balances in your body. And a lot of those that cannot achieve orgasm through just penetration can be due to certain things like a tilted uterus. Um, if you've ever went through a pap smear, um, if it hurts when you're in missionaries, you know, you can always put a pillow under you. The doctor always puts a pillow under your butt or mm-hmm. a wedge, you know, to kind of raise your hips up off the ground because you've got a tilted uterus. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, a lot of that can cause the positioning to where you're not getting those erroneous spots hit mm-hmm. when you're having this penetration because he's not getting to where you are, or even see using a strap on. I'm not judging anybody here but either way with penetration they're not hitting the spots that you need to hit in order to achieve orgasm Um. and it's not uncommon for any woman ages 40 or over um, or even under 40 to not achieve orgasm without clitoral stimulation there used to be this um i forget the name of the show it was on netflix for a while it was called pleasure um, and it was talking about all about the clit you know you're Mm -hmm. this forgotten area of a woman's body mm-hmm. yeah. um, and that is honestly where a lot of your blood flow goes during sexual arousal mm-hmm. so a lot of women need that stimulation in order to reach an orgasm Absolutely. so it's not uncommon and there's nothing medically wrong with somebody that can't but sometimes people just need that little bit of push and assistance to get to that orgasm mm-hmm. mm, so that's probably why how women can really fake it that you know, like a lot of porn stars, they they be faking it. Mm-hmm. They, they <laughs> well, do. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> you know, as a as a for for mature women, you know that that are experiencing uh, vaginal dryness and pain during intercourse. Uh, what advice do you have for someone like that? And so, what and 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 what is the cause of that? So there's a lot of things they can cause vaginal dryness um, in any woman. Um, if you've had a hysterectomy, if you've hit menopause, if you're on certain antidepressants, if you're on certain medications, if you're diabetic, um, we've done a lot of research in the psychology courses about this area. So I'm glad you brought that up um, because a lot of women won't talk about it. And a lot mm. of women don't mention it to their doctors. They don't mention any of that to their doctors. Mm. Um, but a lot of it can have something to do with the medication you're on. It can have something to do with your medical conditions that can mm. cause this dryness. And pain during mm. sex. Anytime you're dry down there, you're going to have painful intercourse. Mm. And the one thing that I recommend is not even one of my products, but I recommend a woman talk to her doctor and even men um, that are experiencing anything like low libido is to talk to your doctor about ashwagandha. What ashwagandha is, is a natural supplement mm -hmm. and it is great for balancing the chemicals in your body, every chemical. When you go in for depression, you're given an antidepressant, mm -hmm. and it balances certain chemicals in your brain. Ashwagandha does an mm -hmm. overall balancing of every system in your body, including your libido, including the dryness in your vaginal area. So if you're not on any of this and you're having dryness, postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, all that can cause dryness. Mm -hmm. And ashwagandha is one of those things that not only balances your mood or your you know, your just overall health, but it also has great benefits for your sexual health. Mm. Um, it can help with increasing your libido. It can cr increase the moisture in your vagina. Um, it's kind of like your menstrual cycle. Mm -hmm. Everybody can't, cannot figure out why you say that you're dry during your menstrual cycle. You're, you know, you're bleeding. How are you dry? Right. But you are. Wow. So I also right. recommend that if you are experiencing that, we do have products and you can even ask your doctor, they have products that they can, you know, prescribe as well. Um, you know, because I think sex shops get a bad name because a lot of people do not go into the sexual health and wellness aspect of your self care. Mm -hmm. When you go into that sex shop, right. when you go into that sex shop, you're kind of left alone to look at these products, read the back, try to read the ingredients, but nobody's ever there with you. Mm -hmm. Saying, hey, if you're experiencing that vaginal dryness, let me guide you here because that's not going to work for you. Right. So you're kind of left in this broad area of looking at all these different products, trying to guess what's best for you. Mm -hmm. But there are things that you can use to help add moisture to your vagina. Mm -hmm. And that's beneficial for multiple reasons. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when you're dry, you're more susceptible to bacteria. You're more susceptible to things growing on the inside. And uh. heaven for don't douche. Douching makes it worse. Really? So there are oh. things you can do for that vaginal mm. dryness. Yoni steams are great. Yoni washes yes. are great. Yes. Um, Yoni washes? Like I said, either talking to your doctor yeah, about providing a personal moisturizer. What's you say Yoni washes and a moisturizer are good, yeah. good things? Oh. Yeah, and I also recommend, you know, a, a great lube. Um, so if you mm. are experiencing that dryness and you are having that painful intercourse, mm -hmm. a great lube can help you with that. Mm. Um, now, everybody now, always, I, I love when we mention lube and everybody's like, oh, I'm good. I don't need a lube. No, every mm. woman needs a lube. 
Now I was gonna say, yeah. does, <laughs> does age does age factor with that? It can. Um, so everybody's body is completely different, mm-hmm. and when you look at it as you're looking at just one area, like you're talking about your sex driver or vaginal dryness, you're talking about one area of your body. But what people don't understand is that when you have an imbalance in your body's chemistry, mm-hmm. it can affect all different kinds of areas. So while you might be trying to fix just your sex drive, mm-hmm. when all those chem- the chemicals in your body and the compounds of your body, which are uniquely yours, mm-hmm. it's not a one size fits all for everybody. Right. Anybody that comes into my shop or goes online and starts to chat with me, I am very, very intimate with them. Mm-hmm. Um, in the aspect, I will ask you, do you are you on any kind of medications? Do you have any of the following um, health conditions, diabetes? You know, have you had menopause? Have you started this? Because I want to offer you the best product for you. Right. Because you're not going to be like the next person that walks in and says they have vaginal dryness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They could have it for a completely different reason. So it's not always a one size fits all. And that's why I said I think sex stores get this bad rap because they're pushing sales of sex toys. They're not pushing sexual health and wellness. Right. Right. And a lot of women are not comfortable talking to their doctor about it. Yeah. I mean, when yeah. I first started having vaginal dryness after my son was born, I didn't want to talk to my doctor. Right. Right. You know, but it's kind of like embarrassing know. type, like, it, what to tell it but, it's, is, but it's pretty common then, but right. right. It is, but it's not talked about. Right. Um, you know, you might go to your best friend and talk to your best friend about it. Uh-huh. But are you as comfortable to go to your mom or your doctor, or, you know, any of these people that you think are going to look at you a certain way? Right. Are you comfortable mm-hmm. to go to them? Right. No, you're more comfortable be. to go to your best friend because, you know, your best friend's going to be like, girl, I know what you're talking about. I right. Right. You. <laughs> you know, right. Like, girl, what are we like, going to do? Hey. We want to know somebody else's experience. Yeah. <laughs> We're not alone. And, right. And that's exactly true. And that's why I say a great lube. And even when I hear people say, I'm good, I don't need a lube, I tell them they're wrong. From mm-hmm. the time you first have your menstrual cycle, you need a lube. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you why, because it's for your vaginal health. Vaginal health is a very, very important self-care. And if you don't start at the time when you first start your menstrual cycle as a woman, mm-hmm. you're going to carry those bad habits into your adult life. And before you know it, you've been douching because you've been told to go ahead and douche to get yourself clean, to mm-hmm. balance your pH and this, that, and the other. But what you're doing is you're actually hindering your body from creating the internal whining of your cervix and your uterus mm-hmm. to protect you from bacteria that you are having inserted when you have sex or when you're using a toy. You're you're washing all this protective layer away and inhibiting growth of new lining with good bacteria to fight that. So I always say it's important to start with that first menstrual cycle. When you are on your menstrual cycle, like I just talked about, one of the times you're dry. When you go in for a pap smear, what's the first thing they do? They put lube on the damn speculum. Oh, mm-hmm. pardon my right. I'm sorry. No, you're but, fine. <laughs> no, you can cuss. It's okay. Be yourself, girl. Yeah. <laughs> Be yourself. <laughs> explain it how you want to explain right. it. Put, put you passionate about this. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So, but when you go in for an internal ultrasound, I don't know if any of you ladies have had an internal ultrasound when you're pregnant or not. Mm-hmm. The first thing they do is lube up that wand. Yeah. Why do we sit there and insert a dry, a dry tampon? It's been exposed to the outer air with no protection on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Put a loop on that. it. Okay. You don't feel like a, a gorilla pad being shoved up your hoo-ha. Yeah. And you have this protective layer of this lube that's protecting your inner lining. Mm-hmm. So you're not scratching it with that tampon applicator. You're not exposing it to the bacteria of the air. And everybody, you know, you're sitting there like, oh, but it, you inserted it right away. That five seconds in a dirty bathroom, yeah. regardless on how clean you get it, that atmosphere in a bathroom is still carrying a lot of things in the air. Yeah. So why wouldn't you not protect it or have your 16-year-old just on her cycle wearing tampons protect her vaginal health? Mm. Ain't tampons bad for you, though? Yeah, I stopped using They are, but it's the same with the Diva Cup. I tell everybody the same thing with the Diva Cup. Anytime you are inserting anything into your vaginal area, have a lube. I don't care. You can tell me you are the wettest person down there in the world, but I would still tell you you need a lube for that protective layer on the inner lining of your your, vagab- your vaginal opening. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, is there any lubricants that you, um, you know, like better than others? Like, um, you know... Replenish, yeah, yeah, that's the cleanest for you to put in, yeah, yeah. Because if you got it, yeah, I have some that I sell that's organic. I am a big organic person. Um, tampons that I use are made out of organic materials. Um, anything that's the most natural that you can find is something better for you. I hate though when guys coming, oh, just use a little Vaseline or put some spit on it. No, absolutely, Mm -hmm. put some spit on it. That don't work, like we're not doing that, yeah. So, I recommend anything that's got some of the cleanest ingredients that you can read um if you find something that's organic i prefer water-based because it does not have the glycerin in it and things like that that lubricant with the silky and silicone base will have in it not only that water-based is most natural to your own body Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. so then it's more safe for like even oral sex it is um And there, there's great products. I'm glad you brought up oral sex. That's something that's not talked about very often either. And mm-hmm. there's things for that instead of a lube. Um, we have a product by Doc Johnson. He's one of my favorite um, product makers. One mm-hmm. of the brands that I recommend to a lot of people. He has a wet head spray. And all that does is keep your mouth moist where you don't actually even need a lube. But you are still getting that protection. And you're still giving him that protection so during oral. Are you spraying it on your vagina or his mouth? You spray it on your mouth. Mm. I actually carried around. I'm diabetic. I actually carried around because um, diabetes is known for causing dry mouth. So I always have a bottle of it in my purse that I constantly oh, take out. Nice. I'll spray. Now, what's Just a mouth Because I'm, I'm wondering, do I have that? You know, they used to, they, they've given me some kind of spray. For your mouth? Yeah. What's, what's There's the a lot of things that can cause like dry mouth and stuff like that. And first of all, I mean, come on, given blowjobs is not everybody's first thing that they say is their favorite on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, for one, we're stretching our mouth out and we feel like we don't, we have to do these mouth exercises for 20 minutes afterwards mm-hmm. to get our mouth to feel normal again. Right. Um, so there's always things that you can help in that aspect. Um, lube, there's different um, tricks and tips, which we can get into that later because I know that's one of your all's questions for me is going to be um, some of the things that's not normally talked about. Yeah. And now you said you but started your shop. Like vaginal moisture and things like that. If, if you're comfortable to go to your doctor, like I said, they can recommend it. Um, especially okay. if you, you have it after menopause, they're more apt to 
recommending and writing a prescription for a personal moisturizer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've looked in the ingredients just because um, my mother has some this prescription. I have some this prescription from like what was, said, what, what's the name of that again? Um, so the name of the moisture vaginal moisturizer it's just called Moisten. Oh, Moisten. Okay. okay. Yeah, you probably want to write okay. that down. We're gonna and have then to... you said something from the doctor, aloe, aloe, alopecia. Oh, for Doc Johnson, um, it's his wet head. Wet head. Yeah, now we're going to have to get your you website. It's com. But then I, I don't know which one was saying that they might need the wet head. It's hard to tell by, by sound the name. Oh, I think that was Ivy that was talking about the wet head. You were talking about that for your mouth? Yeah, the moisture. The prescription she was saying, ask your doctor about. She said she'll send you a bottle of it. Yeah. 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 Just send me your address. I'll send you a bottle of the wet head. Oh, like okay. I said, I keep it in my purse at all times, and I'll spray it in my mouth just because my mouth gets so dry from diabetes. That um, it's some of the more natural ingredients, and having like I can go off the shelf and buy some of that biotin gum or whatever that's supposed to help with cotton mouth, mm-hmm. and it tastes like crap. Whereas with Doc Johnson, I have the strawberry flavor. I just spray it in there. Oh, okay. Now I I keep hearing you saying like all your shop stuff is like natural. Now, did you do that for a reason? Because I know you said you're a diabetic. So is that how you tapped into your store? You want to make something for the, you know, maybe for ones that may have, uh, like, diabetes or something? It never started out that way. I actually opened my own company when I was 19. um, And it was based more off the fact that sex sells. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you guys have um, heard about some of the in-home party companies. I'm not going to mention any names, but, um, and I kept hearing, you know, all they, they're sex educators and they teach you this and they teach you that. And I've went to a few of their parties and I'm like, what are they teaching me? They're teaching me how to laugh about sex. Mm-hmm. That's all they're teaching me. Yeah. I haven't learned anything from them. Right. Except for how to laugh about sex and how to use a vibrator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you actually teaching me right. here? Um, so at 19, I was like, oh, this, you know, seems like a very, you know, interesting market. Let's just sell sex toys because sex sells. Right. And yeah. then as I got older and started developing and like I said, I've always been about self-anatomy and things that help me. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, going through infertility treatments and having everything be lubed up. Everything had to be natural. Everything had to be this. Um, I kind of started thinking, I'm like, well why am I taking care of my vaginal health the same way I'm taking care of everything else in my body? Right. Um, and that's why I say it's important to teach our kids that, it, you know, from their first menstrual cycle on about vaginal health care. Mm-hmm. Um, you think about it when we, we do it for our kids when we're young, you know, we make sure they're wiping front to back or if it's a boy that's circumcised, they're pulling down that foreskin and cleaning in there. When did we stop at some mm-hmm. point, we stop teaching our kids that. At some point, we just think that they know it. Mm-hmm. And it was the same with me growing up. You know, my parents were very open if, with any questions that we could ask them. I mean, I can remember being 16 and asking my dad, I'm like, hey, you know, what happens to the sperm if it doesn't find an egg? Like, you know, my dad's just looking at me when I'm 16 asking this question. I'm like, where the hell did this come from? And I'm like, just curious. Like, did they hit a wall? What happened? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? He's looking at me, you, why are you asking me? And I'm like, well, you got a penis. I don't. So, right. But at some point, we stopped 
teaching our kids this. Um, we, and it doesn't have to be in a, you know, inappropriate way that we teach our kids this. So I started realizing that I wanted to focus more on a woman's self-care, vaginal health being a part of self-care, because right. some of us haven't been taught that from a child's age on. Yeah, right about that. Well, you know, I was, uh, what, what about, you know, can you talk about, you know, masturbation? Is that something that's, you know... That's natural? Is this something that should be encouraged? So with masturbation, it... there's there's benefits and there there are some cautions with with masturbation. Um, for one, I believe in it because come on, if we don't have some way to have sexual release and you got all these people walking around with sexual built up tension, <laughs> if hey, you got these guys going out there crawling into beds they shouldn't be crawling into, and the same with women. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean I've wa- and I've watched some of uh I don't know if you guys have ever watched Queens of Comedy. But yes. I know Monique was like, hey, what you won't do, another bitch will. Mm-hmm. I believe in that. Right. But how do you know if you're comfortable doing that? You right. don't want to find out with a man in your bed. Yeah. So why not find out on your own? So yeah. and with masturbation, first of all, you get that sexual release. You're going to find out what you like mm-hmm. and what man doesn't like you telling him what you like. I mean, men are supposed to be this big strong thing but they want a woman to tell them exactly what they want mm-hmm. when it comes to the bedroom so that's um, what they like <laughs> they, want that freak, they, the, they want that freak in the seat and i tell everybody like look you gotta earn that freak right they want that freak, you gotta earn it yeah uh, so you know there's there's always good things about the masturbation you find out what you like what you're comfortable with what you're not comfortable with mm-hmm. um so that you can say i'm not doing that because I'm not comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I find it very, very important, especially for women that have grown up with sex being naughty. Sex is bad. Like, mm-hmm. And yeah. then they go into the bedroom, and the only thing they know is missionary, because they didn't know anything about uh-huh. other positions or anything else. Right. right. Because sex is bad. It's only used to procreate. Yeah, because, you know, there you is know, they, a, a segment of society that, you know, that has grown up with that thinking. How yeah. do you... How do you become comfortable with um, with things that have be you know that you've always thought of as not being naughty. natural as naughty as naughty? Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard, and you know, honestly, I do home parties, and I talk to a lot of women that are like that. Like I've heard women tell me, like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe you're talking about a lube on a public forum such as Facebook." Do you know people's got kids? And I'm like. I'm pretty sure they know how they got them kids. Right. <laughs> I mean, unless right. you adopted or anything else, come on, we all know how you got them kids. And mm-hmm. it didn't start with thinking about them. You know what I mean? Right. So it, it's honestly, it's about teaching somebody in a way that is respective to their beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm asking the questions, I don't just assume that they haven't been taught anything during childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I treat each person with a comfortability level that they can come to me with confidence mm-hmm. and I can give them any answers that they want, um, research back if they want to research the facts that on why it's not naughty. Mm-hmm. Um, and you still have a hard time breaking through to some people that have been raised in that mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's easier for me, I guess, because like I said, I was very open with my parents. My parents were very open about anything and I could go to my parents and ask them, whatever I wanted to ask them. I mean, my dad actually set up at vendor shows selling my products. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and you know you'll know if you ever if you're ever around Dayton and you go and you see a 60 something year old man selling dildos it's it's my dad <laughs> um, just so, selling them out the trunk just hey I got dicks come get them <laughs> I got these dicks <laughs> stop and ask me about my coochie on the back of his vehicle and we'll sell my coochie shave cream out the back of the trunk you say like, stop no and came in my daddy's game you say um, it say stop and ask me about my coochie yeah, our, <laughs> I love it. I love that. Yes. So, and, you know, and it intrigues people. Like, what's this man talking about? My I'll be looking for that. <laughs> yeah, Simon asked me about my coochie. Well, what's going on with it? So, I mean, he's called me up and he's like, "Did you get any more coochie cream in stock? Because I need some more coochie cream." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's good." I can see him saying coochie, just a little old man. Got some coochie cream. Like, yeah. <laughs> I grew up in where, you know, I was not made to feel like it was bad or a negative or, mm. oh my gosh, you shouldn't be asking about that. What the hell is wrong with you? Are you out sleeping around? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? Mm. And I kind of try to give that confidence to anybody that asked me about it. That was raised differently. Like, I'm going to give you that. There's no stupid question. Ask away. Yeah. Like, I want to know you personally. I cannot help you. Um, everybody thinks that it's about selling dildos and toys and it's not like if mm. you ask me you, you come to me and you're like i need to buy a dildo first thing i'm going to ask you is as you ever used one because mm. if you ain't never used one you sure hell ain't buy that one that has 850 thrust per minute oh yeah right we done killed I'm gonna you. Tell you to put that shit right back down on that shelf and don't touch it again <laughs> yeah, we done went in the shop <laughs> hear about you on the news <laughs> ladies coochie falls off because she just does <laughs> Out here, just, exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and that's the thing, and that's one of the things about masturbation. Okay, people don't realize that your clitoral area is nothing but a whole bunch of nerve sensors. Mm-hmm. And if you get too intense with that, even though it feels good, eventually you will desensitize those nerves. Wow. So there are some bad aspects to masturbation that you want to be careful of, um, especially like if you're pregnant and you don't. You know, when you masturbate or you have nipple play or anything like that, it releases oxytocin, which is a natural form of pitocin that puts you into labor. Wow. So there's always options and things that you want to be, you know, worried with. Oh, it's just simple massage. There are certain massage techniques in certain spots on your body that if you massage when you're pregnant, can put you into labor. Oh, um, so there's always options to your body. All these girls that have been trying to go into labor, and all they got to do is just rub that little elbow meat. And they be the yeah, actually, it's a your, it's, there's, there's a spot on your foot. Um, oh, your foot? Yeah, there's a spot on, spot on your foot that can put you into labor. Um, you're trying to go into labor. I always tell people to have nipple play, like any kind of like nipple vibration, nipple suction, anything like that, um, because it does release. If you've ever done a home birth, um, and, you know, we go over all these different cases and psychology courses, that in a home birth, if you are slowing down to the process of labor, they literally have you play with your nipples because it releases this oxytocin that acts like a natural form of pitocin, basically, for you to be able to continue that home water birth. Wow. So well, we're learning something new today. I know. Women's bodies are so intricately detailed on things that our bodies can do. And, and then again, it goes back to those things might not work with everybody. Why? Because your chemical makeup and chemistry is different than mine. Right. So 
you know, we caution everybody on these things because we don't know what your body chemistry is like or what it would react to versus what mine would react to. So it's definitely a cautionary thing that, you know, we want you to keep in mind that while masturbation is a good thing because you're, you're getting that sexual release, you're finding out what you want, you're discovering your own body, you're falling in love with your own body. And that's what it comes down to. You fall in love with your own mm-hmm. body. And that mm-hmm. makes you more comfortable with any partner that you're ever going to be with because you know your body inside and out. Mm-hmm. But we that always caution sense. you that there's always some things that should have precautions. And I'm, I'm big in the um, pregnancy aspect of a lot of my pro- products mm-hmm. because I have walked babies before. I had, mm-hmm. um, I miscarried a set of twins. And my triplets were stillborn due to medical negligence. Um, and then mm. my daughter's twin was born and we've learned all kinds of things about your cervix at that point that your cervix can actually, you know, dilate early due to certain things, certain masturbation techniques can cause your, your cervix to dilate. Um, that's why a lot of reason when you go put on bed rest, they're like, no sex. Mm. It, it's because certain things, even the sperm, the, there is a chemical balance in the sperm that can cause your body to react and dilate. So even sex with a partner can, you know, when you're pregnant can kind of be like that. So I'm very cautious when it comes to pregnant women, what I recommend for them and what I don't, just because I've experienced that loss and I wouldn't want anybody else to experience that loss. Yeah. Um, but I do believe that it all, it all should be your self-care, all of it. And you should always find somebody you're comfortable talking with, whether yeah. it be your best friend and researching and, you know, talking to somebody that has a psychology uh, certificate, a doctor, you know, when you're more comfortable with your body and how your body reacts to things, you're more comfortable to open up and talk to other people about it. And I think a lot goes back to your question on how do I get these people that grew up with things being naughty. Mm -hmm. When you start getting them to realize about their own body and about how it's self-care and it's Mm self-love, It starts changing their mindset where it's not negative. It's Mm. not nasty. It's not bad behavior. It's not promiscuous behavior or anything like that. that They've been labeled and classified as. Um, Mm. And it especially resonates with um, rape victims. Rape victims afterwards, they think Mm -hmm. that they're dirty. And when they start realizing that they can self-love their body, Mm. despite what happened to them, it is a major transformation to see them. Yeah. And I and I've helped some of the women that have been in that situation, mm-hmm. and the discovery of their confidence, and as simple as finding out how to love their body inside and out, mm-hmm. is absolutely amazing to see. Mm. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. It really does. Now I got a question. So, like, say say this is a male or female has a um, a low sex drive. What's like some some natural aphrodisiacs to like maybe you know kick it up? So we do have natural aphrodisiacs. My very first thing that I always go to with anybody that says they have low libido, even some of my um, customers I've had that's been diagnosed with ED, is the first um, include ashwagandha. Uh, Like I said, it's it's about overall balancing with ashwagandha. Ashwagandha. I absolutely love it. Um, I have PCOS. I have low libido. And I can tell you by day seven that kicked in and I was ready to go find the first dick in the the street (laughs) when it first kicked in. Now, after that first day, you know, when it first kicks in, it starts to balance out and you start to feel good. It's a really great product. Um, 
but there are natural aphrodisiacs. There's a reason why strawberries covered in chocolate is a great thing for Valentine's Day, because strawberries and chocolate are both known natural aphrodisiacs. Um, mm-hmm. Oysters and mussels are known aphrodisiacs. Cinnamon can be. So there, but it, again, it all comes back down to your body's chemistry. Mm-hmm. Is it going to react that way with you with your body's chemistry? Mm-hmm. It may or it may not. So we do have products that help with libido that are on the more natural side. My favorite, um, and this is the one that a lot of my clients that have been told that they have ED has come back and told me I've had one by 10 bottles at a time because they're like, in case you ever stop selling it, I'm buying it now. Right. Um, is our love button with CBD. Um, C- we do have CBD. a new CBD line being released mm-hmm. um, because CBD is a known aphrodisiac. And so we are releasing um, shampoos, conditioners, some lube. Um, and I do have the enhancement cream, the love button with CBD, because it is known to not only de-stress and calm those areas, mm-hmm. but when those areas are calmed and de-stressed and you can feel that blood flow more in, in your areas, like the man's penis, the shaft of his penis, your clitoral area, mm. it's going to put you in the mood regardless. Mm-hmm. Because you you now have that blood flow right to the area where you're you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. So CBD is a really great thing, whether it be through me or anywhere. If you can find a CBD lube, mm-hmm. um, anything like that, it it's a natural aphrodisiac as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that and it, it works for men men and women. It does. Um, like I said, I've had a couple of men that had an ED and they're like, uh, I put that on the shaft of my penis and I was ready to go in like five minutes. And they're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and that's not everybody's experience. And that, that's one of the things I tell everybody, like, just because it happens to one, it's, it's not going to be everybody's experience. Definitely I don't know right. if you guys have seen those TikToks going around about that pheromone oil. Mm-mm. No, I haven't seen so that. Well, if you ever see any of those TikToks going around talking about, oh, I put this salmon oil on and I had so many dates and I had all these men talk. No. You said it's salmon oil? I don't believe that. It's pheromone oil. Seems like oh. that would smell fishy. Yeah. Mm. Actually, it doesn't. Pheromone oil is what your body naturally releases that your partner's attracted to. I thought okay. you said Everybody salmon. Thinks no, pheromone. You have like oh, a physical attraction to somebody. Now, wait, excuse me. I don't mean to interrupt. Now, you no, said, like, give me that salmon. Pheromones Pheromone. oil. Pheromones oil? It's pheromone oil. Oh, why do we hear salmon? <laughs> <laughs> I said, put some fish on this winky? How about the, um, no, it sounds like this, honey. We need, we need to go a different direction. Yeah. Um, yeah and, and you know what? Spe- we need to talk about our pH balance. Well, speaking right. of that, I was going to ask, because you know what? There are some women that have really strong smells, mm-hmm. you know, and they say that they wash, you know, regularly. What causes that? Could it be from dishes? It's a pH imbalance. And yes, it's simply a pH imbalance, and certain foods can um, cause that because your body reacts to them differently. Oh, um, and sperm as well? Sperm as well. Ooh. Sometimes it can taste salty. Sometimes it can taste absolutely horrid. It's A lot of it's the body's chemistry and things that you eat um, that are actually going through the digestive tract and comes out through the excretion. So... Mm. Mm. Um, anytime that a woman has the stronger odors 
I first recommend finding somebody that does a yoni wash or a yoni steam. Mm-hmm. I have not found anybody that supplies that yet to carry that. Um, I do know a lady in Dayton that does yoni steam. And mm. actually, um, it's, there's a full ceremony with it. And you can go in a group of up to six, I think, with her. Um, and she does the whole practice with it, the whole ceremonial practice. Mm. Um, and the yoni steams were popular because after birth, I don't know if you guys know about the yoni steams. Um to help cleanse the inside from all the afterbirth and dried blood and things like that on the yoni mm-hmm. steam and the yoni wash. So it completely purifies and rebalances everything in your vaginal area. Yeah, I've done it before. Uh, I've yeah. done it. You yeah. have done it before. Yes, I've done it before. Uh, it is hot. It, it, you probably <laughs> felt a lot better afterwards, though, too. Yeah, but it is hot. I said, you got to turn this down, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Turn this on I've, now. This I've is... not, but I want to. Yeah, you sit and, there. And just... Kimberly, you know, she has she she uses the the Yanni wash. Yeah, mm. um, they, they they are really great for your vaginal health. Um, mm. I was introduced to them about a year ago. Like I always heard about the pH balancing. Um, and there's a lady at a wellness spa where I rented a space from her for a while and set up my products up at her spa. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you need to try this. And I'm like, okay, Jim, I'm one of those people. I'm going to try everything you want. Right. Like I said, self discovery. I'm like, okay, yeah. I'll try it once. Why not? Right. Well, I've tried Brazilian waxing and sitting on a little steam pot after that. Why not? I, need to steam pot. <laughs> right. I don't know about the Brazilian wax, but <laughs> I am going to try the Yanni steam. Yeah. I'm going to look some, I'm going to well, find her. They got one up here at uh, in Inglewood. That's where I went. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah, to the spa. Talking about my girl, Venetia Simmons at. Um, oh, I can't think of the name Royal of Royal Grand Wellness Spa. What's it called? Royal Grand Wellness Spa in Inglewood. Uh, no, it wasn't that one. I I can't think of what it was called, but yeah, she just gave a name. In Inglewood. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, if you look up Venetia Simmons or Royal Grand Wellness Spa, that's where I learned about them. That's where I had my first one done. Mm hmm. Um, she's amazing. Like I said, she does the whole spiritual routine behind mm-hmm. why you want to clean your vaginal area. Like I said, it's usually used for afterbirth because you were considered unclean mm-hmm. after you've had a child. Um, so there's like a whole ritual behind it, but it's really great. Y'all, we um, need to go as a group. We're going to go as a group and get our Yanni. Yanni I'm not sitting with. next to you steaming my coochie. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not steaming it with Girl, y'all. I'm you guys, your when, coochie. When, when you guys go, just, just you know, call me up. I'll come sit with you. Oh, <laughs> we can all sit together and talk about our interview. Like, while steaming our pots. Getting our oh, kettles cat. Our cat's kettle. But you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. see my doctor Tuesday, and I'm going to ask him about that, the ashkanda. Yeah. Ashkanda. Yeah, ashkanda is a great, great supplement. Um, I take 1,000 milligrams a day. Um, some people, they can use just 500 milligrams a day. Some people need more. Um, and it is a natural supplement, but I still recommend that everybody ask their doctor about it mm-hmm. because they can help you decide the correct dosage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Now I got. Uh, what about like um, cervical orgasms? Is that an actual thing? It actually is. Um, so your body is actually made with so many different response mechanisms to different things, mm-hmm. and there are so many different points in your body where you can have an orgasm from. Um, you'll hear a lot of people that do natural birth or um, 
you know, that have, um, I'm trying to think, like stillborns or anything like that, mm-hmm. if they went all natural without Pitocin, without any kind of like epidural, anything like that, mm-hmm. that you'll hear some that make claims that they've had an orgasm. Mm-hmm. And it is a cervical orgasm. And honestly, what you're, what the orgasm is, it's a high. Mm-hmm. It's an adrenaline high caused by high hormones. Mm-hmm. There are uh, there's spots in your ears. If you take that Q-tip and you're rubbing that ear and it starts to feel good, mm-hmm. you get the I same orgasmic high. That's crazy. I knew that. I love a Q-tip in my ear. <laughs> I, I love a Q-tip. I walk around all day long with one in my ear. Yes. <laughs> oh, it, yeah. It, it, that's real. What about uh, a back scratch? The back scratch gave me that feeling too. <laughs> yeah. It, so it's just a hormonal high. There's different spots in your body. A good, um, a you good have one scratch. Yep. Mm. You get you have one in your anal. Like I said, there's certain that that earlobe. Even without a Q-tip, if you get to the back of your earlobe and you start putting pressure there, mm-hmm. you're gonna get that like right where that dip is behind your earlobe. If you put pressure there, you're gonna get the same hormonal high mm. and orgasmic feeling as you would a regular orgasm. So Ooh, you ain't so, even really got to masturbate. All you got to do is just poke behind that ear, and it's coming. <laughs> it's Get, get a, a toy, Q-tip. Get, get a, a toy Q-tip. and a Q-tip. <laughs> toy and a Q-tip, right? You, a toy and boy, a Q-tip. toes gonna be locked up. Like, oh my god! <laughs> I think we're gonna go to Walmart or Target or any of these stores here in a little bit, and all the Q-tips are gonna be gone. <laughs> right? <laughs> and we to grab the Q-tips. <laughs> but it is true that your body responds to certain spots, and it gives you yeah. the same orgasm feeling. Now, your body mm. might not re- respond to it in the same way, and sometimes it does. So you were talking about that head scratch. How many times have you had that head scratch by the right person, and they hit that right spot, and then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, mm. I think mm. I just got a little wet down there. Yeah. <laughs> you're having that, they're hitting that spot that's causing the same orgasmic response in your body as vaginal penetration would. Wow. Wow, that is dope. Now, I told you, a woman's body is so unique and so yeah. different, and there, there's so many things that it's capable of. I mean, and you're looking at these, and, and everybody looks at those women like, you couldn't have had an orgasm during birth. Yes, actually, you can. There's yeah. a euphoric feeling when all that pain finally subsides. And mm. I know because I felt it during my miscarriages. Like, there's that euphoric high that's almost like you're guilty because all that pain finally subsided, and then there's that, like, orgasmic high mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. so I mean it, it's done in the right way in the right spot yes you can have a cervical orgasm either during labor during sex um, certain positions anything like that can cause orgasms through the cervix the clitoral you can have a clitoral orgasm without any penetration you know um, an anal orgasm any of the any of those spots can cause that orgasm you know what this 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 may be a sound like a crazy question but uh, I'm of, you know, I'm 65, okay. Is there a point when you stop having sex or you can't have sex? Or when, it might be dangerous. Yeah, dangerous yeah. to have sex. Uh, At a certain age. You know, hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that we learn in sexology is there's no set thing that says after a certain age should you stop having sex. If your body is up for it and ready to go, um, there are certain things that you would want to watch for. Um, as you age, there's a 
possibility of your bladder falling, which, you know, if you're having painful sex and you don't want to talk to your doctor, and there's ways that you can check to see if your bladder dropped. Um, (laughs) Damn, right. Your bladder just falls. It actually, it does. It it does. Um, And my mom had that happen, honestly. And she was like, you know, I could just stick my finger barely in there and just feel like it was blocked. Um, oh, okay. So she couldn't use tampons or anything like that because it just felt like it was oh. we found out her bladder had cells. Um, well, so there are certain medical <laughs> things that you should watch for, but there, as long as you are feeling good about it and you're not, um, as Monique said, having your, you know, your your feet behind your head when you're not able to do that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Trying to do tricks. You can go for it. Go for it. There's people in their 90s still having sex. I mean, as long as you have the sex drive and you're doing everything you can for the precautions. Like if you have that vaginal dryness, you're, you're keeping it moist. You're using the right lube. I say go for it as, for as long as you can. I'm going for it. Yes. Oh my God. When I want to say this, this, this episode has been really great. We have definitely learned a lot. And if you yeah. ever have the opportunity, we would definitely love to also do like a part two with you. Find out some Absolutely. more questions. Maybe you can tap uh, in more on men too, because you know, like men need a lot of advice too. So maybe we Absolutely. can. Absolutely. Um, um, next time, if if we need, I can probably come to the studio. Um, oh yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. yeah we like definitely said, I'm have. Single you. mama first. Just let me know if so I can drop my kids off somewhere. I'm not <laughs> having in, my kids anywhere around me when my four year old asked me why I have suckers that looks like her brother's pee pee. Right. <laughs> so now she does not get to go anywhere near near my my business and right. people to understand oh yeah we um, could get some pictures we could maybe yeah. get some pictures of your products and stuff like that if you uh, if yeah. you can send me some of that stuff yeah i'm gonna go out to your website and your website and everything <laughs> midnight pleasure yeah, yeah. midnight pleasure baby <laughs> Ready to check them out. So i did send some to your um podcast email that had mm-hmm. some of the things about vaginal dryness on there um, about mm. ferment oils, but I can send you guys a whole bunch of other stuff. Please. Um, what I yeah. do encourage, though, is if anybody has any questions, even if they're not buying my products and they'd rather go to Target and buy stuff, I'm that person that is non-judgmental. I don't mm. care like his background history you had. Mm. I care about how you deal with your sexual health. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. And then that and that's true with regardless of your relationship status. We have the LGBTQ friendly items, things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I am there to help you with your sexual wellness and health. Oh, yeah, it's that's simple great. as that. Like there's no judgment. I'd rather somebody sit there and have a chat with me, find out what they need, even if they don't purchase products from me. Yes. Yeah. Cause everybody needs that education mm-hmm. because like, I was just thinking like the way that you're so in depth with it, I don't think a doctor would be, I don't know. I don't think anybody would actually be cool. Like, well, doctor, um, I'm not getting wet. What I'm both he's not gonna be like, Well, you can get this oil. You you think he'll do that? Well, like I said, I've had some prescribed to me after I had the baby and was experienced dryness. But and it is very uncomfortable. And then I think men gynecologists are great. And I, I say that because I've been to both men and women and men are a little bit more gentle. Mm-hmm. Women are like, you know what, you shove everything else up your hoo ha here, just you know, let me shove this speculum up there as hard as I can. Men are more gentle. Mm-hmm. Because they don't know what's going to hurt you. But you are right when you start talking to men about certain things. I think there is a certain comfort level that he's going to look at you like, I don't want this to cross over into a sexual harassment type of thing because you're, yeah. you're explaining this to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might not be with all male doctors. My male doctor, I mean, he was 
fine with it. But then again, I'd also went through two pregnancies with him, and he's already been all up in there digging like he was trying to find Willie Walker's mm-hmm. golden ticket. <laughs> it, was, it was easy for me to tell him what was going on and easy for him to say, hey, why don't you try this? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I think there is that comfort level with your doctor. And are you comfortable enough to go with him? If it's a male, is he comfortable enough to not think it's sexual harassment or anything like that? Because now, I mean, everybody wants to sue for everything. Yeah, you say the yeah. wrong thing to the wrong person, and instantly they want a lawsuit on you. Right. So, and I think doctors are even more yeah. so cautious about that. Right. Because of the stature, they then they have their, their whole practice, you know, to get in trouble with it. Mm-hmm. They're affiliated with any hospitals. That hospital is now a part of it. So I, I mm-hmm. do think there might be... Um, some disregard to your questions when you go to a, a gynecologist about things like that. Um, and that's why I say I, I'd rather teach about the sexual health and wellness. For me, I could sell you a million products, but it's my business. And I treat that business the same way I would my kids. I'm going to tell you the truth to make it flourish. I'm not going to tell you something that you're going to come back and hate or say, you know what, I, she recommended me the wrong product or anything mm-hmm. like that. I want to get to know you to make sure that you have what you need. And I'm also that type of person. If I recommend something to you and you tell me it didn't work, I'm either going to find you a product that will work or I'm going to refund you because that's how I am. I want it to be about your sexual health and wellness. Mm-hmm. And if that's not for you, then I don't want you to keep using that product. I want you to come mm-hmm. back to me and be like, uh-uh, that didn't help. And yeah. I, and I got and I got one more question because we got about five minutes left. Um, sure. I want to know wh- what could be some causes of some t- some tubercle pregnancies. So, like, if honestly, it, it keeps I, went through, I went through this with my infertility, and if you ever want to talk like after this podcast about that, I am more than happy to, just because we only have a few minutes. But mm-hmm. um, a lot of it is that one of your tubes could be slightly blocked but enough room for the sperm to come through your tube. Mm-hmm. And then that's how the egg's getting fertilized in your tube and staying in your tube. Um, so if it's blocked where it can't come, the egg fertilized egg cannot flow downward into your uterine cavity. It has nowhere to grow, but in your tube. Um, so I went through that with my infertility. They do a, a test to see if your tubes are blocked. And if they are, they have some things where they can unblock them for you to try. Mm. Um, that is the main reasoning of it. Mm-hmm. And some of them is that your body's not pushing the eggs through your fallopian tubes fast enough. Mm-hmm. So it, it, you have a little slower speed and there are medications that can help with that as well. Um, I highly recommend the doctor that is more a fertility specialist than I could ever be, even though I went through it for 12 years, mm-hmm. is Dr. Mio Chen. He's in Westchester, Ohio. It's a little bit far for Dayton, mm-hmm. but he's amazing. He's the one that helped me get my babies that I have now after 14 years of trying. Mm-hmm. And after losses, he ran all kinds of tests on me, um, did a um, fertility experimental exam or surgery I get exploratory surgery um, to check make sure I didn't have blocked fallopian tubes and all that other stuff the contrast eye test um, so he's really great about it but a lot of the, the tubules are because of one of those two reasons okay mm. I thank you so much and yes I definitely will get back with you on that mm-hmm. and um 
I'll share your information. Um, I know you um, gave me some information. I'll definitely spread the word and, you know, send people to your store and stuff like that. But definitely the education part. People really need it because. And they do. And I'd be happy, like I said, to do a second part with you. Just let me know when. Okay. Give me enough advance notice to uh, make arrangements so my daughter's not on the phone asking me why I have to facilitate like her brother's EP. Right. And that was just like very, very bad parenting. Right. <laughs> Well, I want to say thank you so much for this interview, and we will definitely keep in touch. And this has been another episode of Hood Talk Podcast.